Welcome back to the Bone Zone on 94.3-1047-K News. I'm Dr. Raj Sinha from Star Orthopedics. I'm talking about spinal conditions with Dr. Shaheen Adabar from Desert Spine and Neurology. What's actually Neurosurgical. The name of, is that, that still the name of your practice? Still the name of the practice. Desert Spine and Neurosurgical Institute with offices in Palm Springs and soon-to-be Rancho Mirage. What's your office number? How can people reach you? Um... Seven six zero three four six eight zero five eight. I know we. Don't, I don't call it very often. I know exactly. So. <laughs> the same problem. We we were talking about uh, you know multiply operated on backs and things like that. And um, what I wanted to talk a little bit about is the biological treatments that are now available. They in the spine they really started as adjuncts to surgical treatments of spinal conditions that we had trouble you know getting as good as we wanted them to be. Can you talk a little right. bit about the history of the biological treatments in the spine and what's currently being used? Well, uh, a lot of the operations that were done uh, year decades ago um, didn't heal very well, and those are the fusion operations. Mm -hmm. uh, because basically you're taking a bone graft from uh, either the, the side of the pelvis, the iliac crest, or you're taking from the spine itself and grafting it to an area that's mostly muscle. Mm-hmm. And somehow by leap of faith and, and and God's work or whatever you want to call it, it ends up healing and, and fusing the two pieces of spine. And so that was not always effective. didn't always work. So um, people um, uh, started looking at uh, ways of trying to get these fusions to become more successful. Um, there are certain biologic and also non-biological material that we start using to improve our, our fusion rates. The uh, non-biological uh, means we're using instrumentations and hardware to stabilize this Screws and plates. Screws, rods, and that sort of thing that tremendously improved the success of the fusions. And this really became more, uh, more popular in the 70s and uh, um, uh, onto the 80s and from there on. Uh, then... Um, uh, in the uh, late 90s, uh, and people started looking at uh, uh, proteins uh, uh, that are driven from bone marrow called bone morphogenic protein. BMP is uh, for short. BMP for short. And this material actually stimulates uh, uh, the stem cells and the, the, the uh, uh, cells that are in the area that have the potential of becoming any type of cell, and they stimulate them to become bone. So we started using this and tremendously improved um, the bone uh, fusion rate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been using this material since uh, 2003 in the lower back and in 2005 in the neck. And I can tell you I haven't had any failures in cervical fusions, neck fusions, in uh, more than 13 years. Everyone has healed. There have been two or three cases that had delayed healing, but virtually everyone healed. In the past, we used to take bone graft from the uh, hip itself, from the side of the pelvis. And even with that, there's a 4 or 5% chance of uh, non-healing. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in the lower back, for up to uh, 4 or 5 level fusions, it's been very, very successful. So um, it, it has tremendously improved the odds of... Uh, uh, the this type of biologics have improved the odds of uh, success in spine surgery. So, I mean, the, the the thing that people are always asking about is how do we avoid surgery using biological treatments? So in the, 
and obviously, you know, in our practice, my practice, we do it for a lot of orthopedic conditions in the joints. Um, and there are some doctors who are trying it in the spine. That there's not as much experience and there's not as much data. Um, but what, what's your take, for example, on the work that's being done by injecting various types of stem cells into a degenerated nucleus pulposus, which is this, the, disc. the disc, the center part of the disc. Uh, have you have you had people asking about that? Have yes. you seen any data on that? Well, first there are, there are a couple of things. There there are a lot of um, there's a lot of different types of stem cells. And uh, first of all, for stem cells to be effective, I think it's the quality of the cells and where you get them from. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's one thing that's important. Secondly, in there's a lot more data available in effectiveness of using this sort of biologic treatment in joints, as you're well aware of. And in spine, there is really not that much data showing that they're effective. There are uh, very small studies or anecdotal reports, case reports that um, they have uh, shown improvement, mm-hmm. um, but nothing that I would uh, really hang my hat on. Yeah, at seen, this point in time. Yeah, I've seen a couple studies uh, in the spine for disc degeneration where they've shown at least safety that you can inject either fat-derived stem cells or bone marrow-derived stem cells or actual um, um, embryonic blood cells, uh, cord blood cells, into the disc, and it's at least safe. And But you're right, the data on you know how much regrowth you get how much increase in the proteoglycan, which is the the spongy that molecule, that that you know gives the a lot of the characteristics, uh, is is very hit and miss, and that's that's been the I guess the frustrating thing for researchers. I've talked about this before on the show. You know, one of the issues that we see is that in the laboratory we can manipulate things. You know, we can change the conditions and then study what the effect is. But in the human body, you can't. You can only change the conditions so much. Right, and that's why. You know, it's it's tough for me to tell somebody, okay, spend ten thousand dollars on stem cells for a fifty-fifty shot. I mean, that's right. that's a lot of money to spend if it's, if the chances are going to be that low. And in spine, it, you know, it's so multifactorial as to what goes on in the back biomechanically. Exactly. So first of all, I think for a study like that to work is that you have to be absolutely positive of where the pain origin is. Yeah, that's a good point. And so that is that is complicated enough. So if you have determined exactly where the pain is coming from, then you can target your treatment. Uh, the problem with uh, a lot of the stem cell therapies is that they are ridiculously expensive. So, um, and as you said, uh, you know, insurance companies don't cover that. So it is pretty hard to uh, tell someone that you need to spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and we'll give an injection of whatever fat-derived stem cells into your disc and hope that it would get better because five people received this in in Germany over the last 10 years and they got better. So you may be be number six. They were all famous people. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's good for the celebrities. It must be good for us average people, right? Yeah, but the problem is average people can't afford that kind of uh, treatment. Just take a loan. Come on. The other area where I think there's promising work that's being done is in spinal cord injury. You know, for a long time, the hallmark of treating an acute spinal cord injury was a lot of high-dose steroids. Correct. But they've, they've actually pushed back on that now. Yeah, I think part of the pushback was uh, the 
uh, potential complications. Mm-hmm. Um, the spinal cord uh, injury does respond to steroids, but they figured out the complications of infections in a multi-trauma patient is uh, substantially higher mm-hmm. and, to, and it outweighed any potential benefit. We use steroids still very frequently in treatment of uh, brain and spinal cord edema. Mm-hmm. Um, and Swelling, uh, that means swelling around swelling, the spinal cord. Swelling yeah. of the spinal cord and, and, and brain tissue, neuronal tissue. And uh, it's effective treatment. Uh, and, but those patients that we're treating do not have open wounds. They don't. They are not multi broken bones all over broken the place. Broken bones. Yeah. And, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I mean, some of the studies that I've seen on the work on spinal cord injury is basically shown that bone marrow derived cells and fat derived stem cells don't really help regenerate tissue, uh, nerve tissue. But if you if you can isolate out the neuronal stem cells and grow them up in culture and get a higher number and do something called make them induced pluripotential cells, which is a manipulation you can't do in the U.S. currently, right. but other countries are doing it. And then you put it back into the spinal cord along with a channel that guides the cells, you can actually see nerve regeneration. Correct. And there, there are animal studies exactly. that actually that they're done. I don't think it's been replicated as far as I know in any human studies. And, well, all the human studies have failed thus far. Right. Well, <laughs> but the animal studies of, are very interesting. Part of the problem is that the animal physiology is also very different. My my research, uh, uh, when I was in training, involved uh, spinal cord injury, and we were using a substance that uh, 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 worked really well in rats with spinal cord injury. But rats with spinal cord injury also have a better odds of recovery than a human <laughs> with spinal cord injury. And the, the problem uh, with spinal cord injury is that the, the neuro- neuronal tissue, the nerve tissues, they do not recover and they, they, well, and they, they don't regenerate. So once a nerve cell dies, it dies. So uh, when somebody has a, a massive injury to a portion of their spinal cord, um, you do get some focal regeneration of, of the uh uh, cables, basically neuronal cables, but the problem is they don't have a uh, they don't have a clear direction as to where to go, so they uh, end up not making the right connections, and uh, as a result, the person doesn't recover. Fascinating. You're listening to the Bone Zone on ninety four three and one zero four seven K News. We're going to take a break for these messages. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with Dr. Shaheen Adabar. Stay tuned. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org.